Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, good morning. That's very encouraging and very nice of you. Thank you, Mr. Lee. Um, how are you guys? Can you hear me okay at the back there? If you need me to shout, I can shout a bit louder. Um, but it's really good to have you and well done again for, for coming. I just want to also just add to what Duncan was saying earlier, the team that helped set up this, this morning. I just want to say you guys are legends. And so just thank you very much for doing that. And we've got to do it for the next uh, few weeks as well. So that's going to be really fun every week. Hey, listen, if you've got your Bible, won't you, um, whether it's your device or whether it's an actual, a real Bible, like proper, um, won't you just grab it for a minute and... Uh, today, what we're going to do is we're going to carry on with our series in, uh, in Joshua, which is Strong and Courageous. And, you know, we're going to talk about partnership today. And I just want you to, as like Duncan said, I want you to open up your hearts and see what God might be saying to you this morning. Amen? And, you know, we don't, this kind of 30-minute slot isn't just like a, it's a space filler for us. This is the Word of God speaking to us, and it's supposed to equip us and to feed us this morning, okay? Um, so it's not just like, a, uh, let's quickly do something. No way. That's not the way I see this. And so I want to just pray. Father, we, we thank you for your Word today. Lord, we ask God, would you uh, do a deep work in us, Lord God? Lord, we, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are with us right yes. now. Lord, whether we are in the region center or whether we are here or whether we would be in some cave somewhere, God, when your people gather, Lord, you are there with us, Lord God. We worship you in Jesus' name. Have your way right now, God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right, Joshua chapter 1. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the whole thing. Okay? And um, I'm going to read it. And so follow it on the screen or follow it on your, on your device. And... Um, and this is what we're going to do. It's quite a simple passage, to actually, in some ways. But let's see how we go. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that your sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I have promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Just take note how many times in this passage strong and courageous is used. Be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous being careful to, uh, to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to the, from it, do not turn to the right hand or to the left hand, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law, which is the books of Deuteronomy, like the first five books basically, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, Prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go into the inn and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest, and you will give, and I will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over, armed before brothers shall be helped. Sorry, just read it badly. Um, but all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives the rest to your brothers and as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall re- return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses the servant of the Lord gave you beyond the Jordan towards the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us, we will do. And whatever you send us, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you, as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against you, your commandment, and disobeys your words, wherever you command them, shall be put to death. That's epic. However, only be strong and courageous. Only be strong and courageous. You know, it's kind of, the passage in some ways is, is quite simple. It's like, it's this moment where this one leader is now being commissioned to take on a new role. It's a new leadership. And it's kind of like, it's simple. So, but what I find interesting about this moment is, is that this, this command on Joshua to be strong and courageous is repeated like five, six times. Like, to, to do not be afraid, be strong and courageous. I will be with you wherever you go. It's, a, it's, like, it's an amazing thing. It's like, why is God telling Joshua to be strong and courageous so many times? And the reason why I think is because the purposes that Joshua is supposed to fulfill for God's, God's purposes is way beyond what he can accomplish in his power, in his physical power. Right? But what I find then also fascinating is that God says to be strong and courageous because there's this epic, epic promises that's waiting for you to possess. And then God goes, and then says Moses, Moses, Joshua does this. He goes and he speaks to the people, to the commanders, if you want, maybe to the leaders. Maybe you're a leader in this church. And it's like, listen, I'm going to be strong and courageous. You've got to be strong and courageous. And you go throughout the whole camp of Israel. And you go tell them, listen, we're going to get ready because we've got to be strong and courageous. God has spoken to the leader. God is speaking now to all the leaders. And God's now speaking to all the people. Be strong and courageous. We're going to go. Right? Cool. And then I find this part the most fascinating. The people talk back to Joshua. And he says, they say, you be strong and courageous. You have this interesting dynamic, this partnership 
between God and Joshua, and then you have this partnership between God, all the people together, and they all call to be strong and courageous as they pursue what God has for them. Do you see that? So I wrote this thing down, and um, I wanted to just see what you think about this. And it says this. The promises of God are accomplished through supernatural, supernatural partnership with God and courageous partnership with each other. Listen. The promises of God are accomplished through supernatural partnership with God and courageous partnership with each other. Supernatural partnership with God. Listen. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to you. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I'll give to you, just as I promised Moses. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Do you know that when God speaks in this context, the promises to take this land... You know that this promises lead back like maybe hundreds and hundreds of years before to when God spoke to Abraham. And God said to Abraham, hey, listen, there's going to be a land and there's going to be all these people. And there's going to be like, we're going to take this land and my, my descendants are going to be like the stars. And for a minute what happens is Moses is kind of a bit like, if you imagine this, it's like if you had a relay race, you run a race and have, has anybody done relay racing before? Who's dropped the baton? I don't know if you've done that. But it's a bit like this. Moses has run. He's done his business because he's fulfilling the promises of God that's spoken to Abraham ages ago. And it's almost a bit like this. Hey, Joshua, it's now your turn. Grab the baton. And it's now time for you to step into this partnership with God. Supernatural partnership. And guess what? This is going to be a big deal. You're not just like taking these people across the land. Guess what? This is God's people. This is something that's been promised like hundreds and hundreds of years before. And from this people of God, eventually is going to come a savior. And I don't know about you, but there's, there's something about that when I think about partnership with God. is that there's certain things that I can do and you and I can do. And there's certain things that only God can do. Can do. It's a bit like certain things. I'm like, I've done everything I can do, God. But at this point, I'm not, it's game over for me. I depend on you to step in. So just like two chapters on, you get this moment in Joshua 3. It says, now, listen. This is maybe in a few days later, maybe a couple of weeks later from the story. Now the Jordan is at flood stage during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at the town called Adam. Now I was thinking, like, think about this, right? God says you've got this epic supernatural promises that you're stepping into. You've got to take your responsibility and go. And I was thinking at this point, it's a bit like I step, I step, I do everything I can. The moment I step into this river, which is at flood, I mean, it's going to take you and kill you. Like if you just keep walking, it's going to flood and kill you down the river. You're going to drown. Do you understand? So they have to cross this river to get into this promised land. They've kind of suited up. They are strong and courageous. The whole army, everybody is ready, strong and courageous. Here we go. We're doing our part. And we walk 
and at that point I step into the water. My feet are wet. And if I keep walking, I'm dying. It's flood. And at that point, God does only what He can do. It's a bit like, hey God, listen, the ball is in your court now. My feet are wet. And if I keep going, I'm dying. Do you understand? And sometimes what I think what happens is as God calls us as a church into certain things, there are certain things that we can do. We can work hard. We can plan. We can do all kinds of nice things. But there's an aspect that we keep walking and say, listen, God, at this point, we can't do anything. If you don't do this now, we are dead. We are going to suffer. It's not going to work out good for us. Do you understand? So, like, for example, if I just apply that quickly for church, in a sense of, like, for us, this is a building thing. It's true, right? Massive building project, millions of pounds. It's kind of like God has spoken. Be strong and courageous, leaders. Be like, okay, Lord, you said. We like church. Be strong and courageous. We're going to keep going this thing. We expect you to say to us back, be strong and courageous. Keep the faith, as it were. Don't relent, because you know what relented happened before? Is that they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years, right? And so, so we are saying to you, like, hey, listen, we are strong and courageous. We are asking you, tell us to be strong. Keep being strong and courageous. Because there's millions of pounds waiting for us in the building. And it's a bit like, in a sense, like we are stepping into the, our Jordan River. And at this point, we are saying, God, if you don't step in now, that's kind of, there's a flood, there's a drowning happening. Do you understand? So that's one way I was thinking. I was thinking this other thing is a bit like this. As a church, we could do lots of things. We can plan things. We can do alpha courses. And we can run marriage courses. And we can do parenting stuff for the community. And we can do food bank and all of this wonderful stuff. But at the end of the day, none of that changes someone's heart. We can preach the gospel day in, day out, week in, week out. That None of that changes anybody's heart. At that point, it's a bit like, God, we are doing what we are doing. We need you to do some work up the river. We need you to blow the wind, or we need you to do whatever it is that you're going to be doing, but we need you to step in to stop so we can carry on on this journey. That is supernatural partnership with God, church. That's supernatural partnership with, with God. So I was thinking for you, though, personally, like in your personal life, forget about church for a minute, but what is God calling you into? Like, what has God spoken to you that feels like, I've got to suck some serious courage here? Like, what has he spoken to you about? That you feel like you can do your stuff, but at some point, you kind of like, God, I need you to partner with me here. I'm partnering now with you. I need your supernatural partnership. So I was asking myself this question, right? Because I can, I can very easily hide behind that question. Hey, listen, I'm a church leader. I'm paid to do this. I'm a paid professional Christian here, okay? I'm paid to be a Christian. Easy. And it's like, so this is my, this is my courageous moment. Standing up right now speaking to you guys. Coming into the Grange and kind of pursuing this. Doing a building project with a team of elders and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, no, that is just too weak. That is kind of hiding. I'm like, no, personally, like for me, like 
What is God saying about my family? About my kids? What am I pursuing God for, for my kids? For my marriage? For me, like, you know what? Am I going to be in this church for the next 20 years? Or has God got other plans for me? I don't know. But am I willing to pursue that? Am I willing to hear what God has to say and then to say, Lord, whatever you say, I will do my part, but then I need you to step in, otherwise it's game over for me. I mean, I think sometimes it's a bit like, you know, offering to pray for somebody. That feels scary. When we're on the street with our connect group, it's like, that's what I do. We're on the street and we're like, I'm like, so we're talking to this tarot card reader the other day. And, they are, and I'm like, God, I'm going to have a conversation with this woman right now. And I don't want to get argumentative because I can. I, I want to. But <laughs> I want to start strangling her. No, no, I'm joking. But, um, and I'm like, but Lord, I can only say all this stuff. But at the end of the day, Lord, I'm not going to step out and do that. But I need you in there somewhere because it's game over. Otherwise, it's just words. And that's like a small thing. Or when you pray for somebody, like for healing or something. At that point, I can't heal anybody, right? So it's kind of like I'm healing. I'm like, God, I'm now in the river. I've just stepped my foot in the river here, and it's getting wet, and I'm going to drown if you don't step in now. Do you understand? Supernatural partnership with God. Then I was thinking, secondly, how about the supernatural partnership with each other? Or courageous partnership with each other? Yeah. I find that fascinating in this story. Do you know that 40 years later, the giants are still in the land? 40 years before, they were like, listen, we are not going in there. There are giants there. We are like grasshoppers. This is bad for us. We can't do it. We can't do it. 40 years later, nothing has changed. But this time, they're courageous. This time, they're going to step into the land. And I think it's got to do with this kind of idea where the leader is saying, I'm going, I'm not compromising, which Moses did. And then among the people, there's this kind of like tenacity, this kind of like looking each other in the eye scenario and saying, listen, we're going to cross this river and we're going to go and take that land there. We're going to spur each other on this time. We are not going to like go weak and being with no faith in this, in this occasion. Partnership, courageous partnership with each other. You know, when I was, I was um, 17, I've told you this story before, but it's a good story, so I'm going to tell it again. I was 17, and um, I'm at church, and I look across the aisle, and I see Leanne, and I'm like, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Hmm. So anyway, so I do my moves, and I'm kind of like... Um, I'm in there, and I'm like having conversations. I'm 17 years old, and then we are kind of like, you know, um, I've got one here, and then I'm off to the Air Force to do national service for, for, for compulsory national service. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've had relationships, but relationships up and down. And so Leanne and I had sort of up and down courtship for five years. And so up and down courtship, we are in the down, where at this occasion... I broke up with Leanne, and, um, and out of the desperation, she decides to fly off to the UK to kind of get away from me. 
I know, but she's not here now. She's in the I love her. Anyway, so anyway, so um, but so but my, my point is so. But I feel while she's in the UK, I, we are corresponding via letter, and I feel that God is telling me, "You got to just get over yourself, man. You love this girl. You know you love this girl." And it's a sense where it's calling me to kind of make a commitment to her. So instead of calling me to courage, to be strong and say, come on, just stop faffing around and just step up to the plate. And so we, I've got this feeling in me, and then across our road is our pastor's wife at that time. And now, look, I'm like, at this point, I'm now sort of 20 or, 20 or so, and um, 21. And she calls me over, and she's one of those people that's very scary pastor's wife kind of people. <laughs> I don't know if you've had this person where you talk to somebody and you, you are saying lots of words, but you know they're not listening to any of the words. They can see right into your brain. Have you ever had people like that? Maybe you are one of those people. I don't know. But I'm not, you know, and she calls me over and she says to me, right, listen, come on now. What's going on with you? You know you love this girl. Just be strong and courageous. She didn't use those words, but that was the point. Sort yourself out. You know you love her and get yourself organized. So I write a letter. I write a letter to my pastor to express my intentions. I write a letter to my, uh, my now mother-in-law to write my intentions. And I go over and I fly over to the UK in the November. Fly over here and I've got a copy of the letter and I give it to Leanne. And in a sense, we kind of like, look, man, I'm sorry. I'm kind of proposing, but not officially proposing. And I'm saying like, <laughs> I'm kind of in. And then we come back. And we cruise along, and eight months later, it's like another little pastor's wife come and see me. I'm like, oh. And she's like, hey, man, what's going on? It's like eight months. I thought you were, getting like, I thought you were doing this thing. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So she's like, you didn't go far enough in your strong and courageousness, in your commitment. Step up to the plate now. I'm like, okay. So anyway, so then pr- proper proposal, you know. Will you marry me, da-da-da? And I get married. And 21 years later, you know, we've been married, right? But you know what? It's like it took somebody to look me in the eye and say, and to be a, have courageous partnership with me in my journey towards God. And to say, look at me in the eye and say, hey, listen, man, what is wrong with you? Like, this is not, this is, just sort yourself out or whatever. She had relationship with me to be able to do that, right? And then the partnership was for me to be able to look her back in the eye and to receive what she had to say. Do you understand? See, as a church, I think there's a sense we, amongst us, we've got to be courageous with each other in our relationships. Look each other in the eye and say, hey, that does not line up with what God has for you. And that could be like, if you again, if you just kind of apply that to like a so-called building project. and You know what? The building project is one element. Beyond the building project, there's going to be lots of other things that God's calling us to do as a church. And we're going to have to look each other courageously in the eye and say and provoke each other to goodness and to godliness and to whatever it might be. It's like, and personally, it's like, what does God want for you? And am I able to sit in conversations with people and say, okay, 
This is a hard conversation I'm going to have, have with you right now, but I, it's for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ that I'm having this conversation. Why? When they have this conversation, it's not like when they're going into the land. It's not just for the benefit of themselves, although there is benefit, because they get a new land and they get rest and they get all that. It's almost like pursuing courageous partnership with God or, and partnership with each other, there's personal benefit that comes that way. It's true. But that's not the motivation. Because just a little bit later on, you see that there are people in the land who are lost, and because of their courage, like a Rahab, she enters with the people of God, and she becomes part of the people and the promises of God. You see, our partnership with God and our courageous partnership with each other is not just beneficial to us, but it should have benefit to the community, to our city around us. Do you see? So I was like, what kind of, um, what kind of partnership, courageous partnership relationships do you need to cultivate in your life? Like, who, who is able to sit next to you and say, that is not on. Who sits next to you and say that you can do way better than that? Like who sits next to you and says that step is fantastic, but you know what? I think you need to step in more faith. Do you understand what I mean? Like this is what God calls us, the church, together with. Is to be in partnership with Him, where sometimes. It's so epic, it feels like if you don't step in God, it's going to be like terrifying, scary. And then there's aspects where we are in courageous partnership with each other, where we like look each other in the eye and say, come on, man. Come on. So the other day, just as a joke, Joe and I are having this conversation. And it was a bit of a joke at one level. It's like I, we were talking about motorbikes. And um, I drive a big motorbike, like a 900-odd cc. And so what happens is, there's a kind of weird etiquette on the roads. When you're driving on a motorbike. You drive, and then you nod to the other motorbike that comes past you. Okay? You're like, hmm. hmm. However, there's a problem. If the guy that comes past you has got a very small motorbike, like a 125, and I drive a 900, there's no nodding. It's just like, what was that thing go past you, right? And what's fascinating is that the person who drives a small bike, when they see a big bike, they don't even nod either. <laughs> because they know they're not worthy enough. <laughs> so we're having this joke, and Joe was like, oh, come on, Monet, you've got to change the culture. I'm like, no, I'm not changing the culture. I'm not nodding to some guy with a stupid motorbike. You know what I mean? I said, so you think. But I was like, okay, maybe I should change a little bit. Maybe nod to the guy. There's a small, silly example. But it's kind of like those moments where people like provoke you. You know, friendships. Where we've had friends where they're calling us for lunch and say, hey, listen, we've said this before. You guys don't seem to recycle. What's your story? I'm not joking. we like, what do you mean? Because no, we put everything in our, in our bin in the past. Like, I mean, everything we used to in, in London. Glass, paper, I mean, the, I don't know, nappies. Everything would go in there. And our friends were like, what are you doing? Why are you not recycling? And we were like, okay, maybe we should reconsider. 
that's a courageous conversation. It is, isn't it? We've had courageous conversations where we sat down with a couple and said, listen, I don't like how you speak to my child. Because I'm not sure you like my child. So can we just sort, sort this out and be clear about that? Do you see? And that is not just for but a courageous partnership with each other as we pursue what God has for us in the kingdom of God. And I was thinking, like, as I finish, the most cosmic partnership ever between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said for Jesus, he had this epic pursuit, cosmic pursuit, that required supernatural partnership among the Godhead. And that's the salvation of mankind. You see, for Jesus, as it kind of seems like when he looked at the cross, it was like for him, he was like stepping into the river. And this river was going to take him out. And he had to be courageous in his, if you want, in his divinity and his humanity to go and go through this cross in order, why? To bring many into the kingdom of God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. <laughs> you see, this is, this is, partnership happens throughout the whole kingdom of God. It's all about partnership. Even in the Godhead. Amen.